Welcome to the Digital Euro Podcast by the Digital Euro Association. In this podcast, you will learn about the disruption of technology in the monetary and financial system. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the last episode of 2022 in the Digital Euro podcast. Today, we're going to recap the past year in digital money and see what developments were there, what themes that we see. And we're also going to talk about our predictions for 2023. With me today to recap the year 2022 in digital money are my fellow executive directors, Conrad Kraft and Tamara Ferreira-Schmidt. Together, we will cover the topics of the European Central Bank's digital euro and the progress that has been made in 2022. We're also going to take a look at digital money regulation in the past year and, of course, also the developments in stablecoins. 2022 was certainly a very eventful year. I mean, if you take a look at the CBDC tracker, what it showed you one year ago versus now, you'll see several developments there. And I think this is a great first topic to dive into and specifically focus on the digital euro. Conrad Kraft will give us an overview of the developments made in the digital euro from the European Central Bank in 2022. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, so last year, in October 2022, we know that there was a launch of the Digital Euro Investigation Phase, projected to last 24 months, and uh, of course will conclude in September 2023. And to date, some significant progress has been made towards the Investigation Phase Roadmap. I'll touch on some of those now briefly. Looking at use case prioritization for the digital euro, a set of use cases has been identified and those for immediate prioritization include payments in e-commerce and physical stores uh, by individuals, uh, as well as person-to-person payments. Now, these are, of course, natural candidates due to their prevalence and associated network effects. The ECB has indicated that other use cases such as machine-initiated payments will be explored, but this will be at a later stage. Turning to design options, uh, with regard to the transfer mechanism, the Eurosystem will explore online third-party validated solutions, as well as peer-to-peer validated solutions for offline payments. We know that this is important uh, to ensure the resilience of the digital euro payments, as well as uh, the achievement of a few financial inclusion goals. Having a look at privacy, we note that the euro system has acknowledged the importance of privacy towards a successful digital euro implementation. Various options to address the trade-off between retaining a high degree of privacy and other important public policy objectives have been investigated. The euro system has noted that full anonymity is not considered desirable at this stage since it would raise concerns about the digital euro being used for illicit purposes and make it almost impossible to limit the digital euro for use as an investment. As a baseline scenario, the digital euro would provide the level of privacy currently offered by private sector digital solutions, but the euro system also noted that they will explore greater levels of privacy for low-value in-person, and thus low-risk payments. Having a look towards the way forward and what work will be conducted in 2023, at present, we know the ECB is busy with prototyping, uh, having recently selected five companies to develop a user interface or user interfaces for the digital euro, 
And the aim of this prototyping exercise is to test how well the technology behind the digital euro integrates with the prototypes developed by these companies, which also ensures the smooth adoption of uh, the digital euro. Uh, the euro system will also continue to actively engage with a large number of stakeholders throughout the remainder of the investigation phase. We know that uh, stakeholder engagement is key towards the successful implementation of the digital euro. And the governing council will decide in autumn 2023 whether to start a development or realization phase. So let's see how this pans out for the remainder of 2023. In the next couple of minutes, we will focus on what lawmakers and regulators were busy with in 2022. Over to you, Tamara. Turning to regulation in digital money, um, as cryptocurrency has become a more significant factor in the global investment landscape, countries have uh, taken different approaches to regulate this asset class. So the European Union is rushing to complete MICA, uh, the Market in Crypto Assets Regulation, which has the goal of harmonizing the European framework for the issuance and trading of crypto assets, ensuring European consumers safe access to digital assets without compromising market stability. Following months of discussions and negotiations that ended in a preliminary agreement in June this year, the European Council published the agreed text for MICA in October. And it's expected to be ratified in Q1 of uh, 2023 and will come into force 20 days uh, later. So companies in scope like crypto asset service providers and the issuers of crypto assets who offer um, these assets to third parties, for example, will then have uh, 12 to 18 months uh, before they need to comply with the requirements of the regulation. Important to say that although Mika broadly includes cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ether and stablecoins, um, central bank digital currencies are not included since uh, crypto assets that qualify as deposits or electronic money are not part of Mika regulations scope. Also this year, uh, the U.S. Department of the Treasury issued a framework uh, for international engagement on digital assets, which is based on President Biden's executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets. And the new directive has handed power to existing market regulators, such as the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CFTC. In the UK, as of August 2022, crypto exchange and custodian wallet providers are required to comply with the reporting obligations implemented by the Office of Financial Sensations Implementation. In October 2022, the lower house of the British Parliament recognized crypto assets as regulated financial instruments. And the draft bill extends current laws regarding payment for instruments to stablecoins. 
In Asia, Japan has been working on several aspects when it comes to regulation, including taxation. In September 2022, the government announced that it would introduce remittance rules as early as May 2023 to prevent criminals uh, from using cryptocurrency exchange to laundering money. And finally, in November, Brazil's Chamber of Deputies approved a regulatory framework legalizing the use of cryptocurrencies as means of payment in the country, boosting the adoption of digital currencies. After having looked at digital money regulation, specifically in the EU, let's deep dive into stablecoin developments in 2022. Of course, the Terra Luna crash itself was highly covered in social media. It was all over the place. It was commented on by everyone. And by everyone, I don't just mean people from the crypto space, but also obviously lawmakers and regulators, and also those that don't really know a lot about crypto, simply because it seems like from the outside, oh, stablecoin, that's a type of crypto um, that must not be very trustworthy. But of course, what we actually saw happening is that after the dust settled in June, the entire stablecoin industry uh, really found itself under the microscope. So here um, it was, of course, scrutiny from state and federal lawmakers and uh, regulators. And what was really important to be tackled here was the uncertain foundation of algorithmic stablecoins as a particular architecture of stablecoin working mechanisms, basically. That was in early May when Terra lost its peg. From June on, we saw regulators covering the topic uh, more specifically in proposing laws. But from May on, basically, there was this rush to draw a line in the sand between algorithmic stablecoins and centralized stablecoins that are then again backed by cash or cash equivalent reserves like the USDT or the USDC, for example. So I think we all got a refresher lessons, basically, in terms of stablecoins aren't all made the same. There's different types of stablecoins out there, algorithmic stablecoins being just one of them. Let's move on to some more lighthearted news, maybe. And that was certainly that Circle announced the launch of Europe, of the Euro stablecoin. That was in late June 2022. And it was backed by U.S. institutions that hold euro reserves and is, of course, pegged to the euro. And um, it was also great at the DIA. We had an event about it. If you haven't seen it, you can, of course, go back to our YouTube or also in the Digital Euro podcast. We've turned it into an episode and uh, listen in, basically, why it is that a digital euro stablecoin is even uh, necessary. There was also the question basically raised if we already have a US dollar stablecoin, why should we even bother and introduce another euro stablecoin? It was beautifully um, explained by two executives from Circle. And that wasn't the only news, however, that we saw from Circle this year. Actually, earlier this month, so in December, they just announced that despite their plans of going public um, this year with a valuation of 4.5 billion US dollars, so that was the valuation from 2021. Again, this was later than doubled when the firm actually amended their terms in February of 2022. These plans were basically taken back and canceled. When it comes to stablecoins in general, I think we can really say that 2022 um, stablecoins have continued to become one of the centerpieces of the crypto industry. 
I'm also going to give you some numbers here. Um, and there is a really interesting report by Glassnode Analytics that just came out that is um, also supporting this claim. And here we see that the stablecoin supply in 2022 in general peaked in March. So before the Luna collapse at around 160 billion US dollars. And then since the peak, so since March 2022, stablecoins have seen large outflows, obviously, between four to eight billion US dollars per month. Also in this report by Glassnode, you find that Tether is declining in dominance in the stablecoin market overall. Tether's dominance here has dropped from around 80% what it was last year to 45 to 50% in 2022. So almost halved their dominance. And here the question of course arises, okay, who took who took over the market share? The answer here would be USDC certainly with a steady increase in dominance, which also declined a little bit over the summer months, um, but also Binance, so BUSD, also sees steady growth. So it started off with 10% at the beginning of this year and is currently at around 16%. In 2021, we also saw about 16 billion US dollars in daily transfer volume of stable coins in general, so all of them combined. This uh, metric has actually increased since May 2022, despite the, the peak um, that we saw in stablecoin trading um, in 2022. This is very interesting, I think, especially if we look at the current Bitcoin prices and uh, the cryptocurrency market uh, in general, that the stablecoin transfer volumes have actually increased regardless of the price. In 2022, not just the digital money space around us was moving at high speed, but also the internal workings basically at the Digital Euro Association. And we're happy to give you an overview of our greatest successes, new formats, and what we have planned for 2023. When it comes to the developments at the Digital Euro Association, there's way too many to cover all of them, but in an effort to keep it short, one of the most notable developments that we've seen this year at the DIA is certainly our increase in educational efforts, which is one of our main pillars too. The DIA focuses on community collaboration and education. And here we've managed to set up the first three DIA working groups, and they all have an intellectual output that is adding to the literature around CBDC related topics so far. Also stay tuned for the next working group output that is coming out in January of 2023. This is certainly something that we're going to keep up with uh, in the future and in 2023, certainly. We also launched the Digital Money Academy, which we are very pleased about covering all topics that are important and are going to become important in the next year and beyond that. Then we finally have a format for people with more of a tech focus. And Tamara, as one of the producers, can tell us more about it. So we started a new event format in October uh, this year uh, called uh, Dia Tech Tuesday, which is a video cast live streaming on YouTube, where we have a fun tech discussion with our members regarding their products or services. So it's a space to make a demo, show some uh, back end or even the front end of any solution. And at the end of the presentation, we ask some tricky questions and of course, welcome questions from our audience. 
And now we are preparing um, our third episode, uh, which will take place in January. And it will open for registration soon, so stay tuned to secure your spot. And, of course, I'd like to invite all our listeners to watch our two episodes with Ripple and FNEA. The videos are available on the DIA YouTube channel, uh, so please subscribe and don't miss uh, the following episodes. Last but not least, we've also intensified our efforts when it comes to the educational materials that are freely available and they are to be found on our website. So be it reading lists, glossaries, frequently asked questions and misconceptions about digital euros. We have basically provided an overview of all of these. Then this year, we're also more than happy to have welcomed numerous new members. And of course, a huge thank you. We could not do the work that we're currently doing without any of our members. And this, of course, also goes for everyone working in the background for the DIA on a voluntary basis. So shout out to our associate team. When it comes to collaboration this year, we've truly intensified our efforts into all different spaces. So we're more than thrilled to have central banks on board uh, next to our institutional members without whom any of this work would not be possible whatsoever. When it comes to other think tanks, we've also massively expanded our footprint here. We have closely collaborated, for example, with the CBDC think tank on various occasions, on various topics. For example, the CBDC manifesto um, was certainly a honorable mention here in this context. This year, we received an invitation for the European Economic and Social Committee hosting a public hearing and basically being able to be present there. To also provide you with some tangible numbers, this year we have 10xed our Twitter followers almost at 7k on Twitter and we've started this year with below 1,000 followers. So this is truly incredible to see. We see a similar trend uh, with our LinkedIn page where we've reached 5k followers. 2022 was also the year to hold our first DIA Thesis Award event, which we're happy to continue doing in 2023. We also recorded 27 podcast episodes with our members, experts, and strategic members. We also hosted 11 online events, one DIA Summerfest, and we had our first General Assembly in 2022. Now we have also launched a new website in 2021 and had the release of the CBDC manifesto that we already touched on. The verdict for 2022 inside the DIA and out is certainly that it was one for the books. But before we leave you for the holidays, we, of course, want to leave you with some predictions for next year. We're also curious to hear what you think. Make sure to comment and discuss in the WhatsApp groups, in the DM member WhatsApp group, and also on our social media channels. We're really interested to hear what you think will be the big topics in 2023. Here are our guesses. If I had to predict, I think I would say that artificial intelligence will continue to have a profound impact on our lives, whether it be used to investigate fraud or terrorism financing i think ai will step up and play a major role in this regard but i also think just in general artificial intelligence is going to have a massive effect on society at large uh, maybe something closer to cbdc's i think we'll continue to see the the gradual trend of central banks uh, exploring and piloting CBDCs within their jurisdictions. I think this is uh, largely inevitable to some extent. 
So next year, I believe you see a lot of development in regulation, uh, especially because um, 2022 was full of scams, hacks, rug pulls, and other illicit activities. And it's normal that these events has raised concerns about more regulations in the industry, which is inevitable and also good to foster the ecosystem and boosting adoption. Regarding the stablecoin market, uh, people have become extremely cautious about stablecoins that don't have uh, sufficient audit mechanisms in place to validate their assets and maintain their peg. Um, several stablecoins have already failed in 2022 due to the lack of user interaction and adoption. So I think uh, such um, behavior will potentially continue in 2023 as the entry of new um, stablecoins in the market is likely to remain low and the market will potentially continue um, to be dominated by USDC and Tether. On the other hand, I think the crypto winter has done little to curb central banks' enthusiasm uh, for digital currencies, at least um, in so far as those um, issued by themselves. Um, so 2023, uh, it's promising to become another busy uh, year for the ECB uh, regarding uh, the digital uh, euro project. For 2023, I choose to believe that FTX was the biggest domino to fall, basically. So the crypto market in general will recover from all the hits it has taken in 2022, which were certainly numerous ones. In terms of topics, I think that the regulated liability network is going to become um, a bigger topic as well as tokenized deposits. These two themes I think we're going to see more of, certainly. And like you, Conrad and Tamara, have already said, I also think that the CBDC efforts will be intensified. This will particularly be interesting in the Eurozone because um, according to the roadmap, of course, we're going to leave the investigation phase in this year. Always great to have such predictions on tape. This way we can come back in 2023 for the recap episode and see whose predictions actually came true. And with that being said, this was the last episode for the Digital Year podcast for 2022. We hope you stay tuned for next year for everything that's going to go on at the DIA and in the digital money space. 